0: Hi, I'm Mike.
1: And I'm Heather.
0: And this is Let's Talk Outdoors.
1: Today, we are chatting with Zeb Hewer, a 15 year old who recently made headlines for canoeing from his home in Alberta to a summer job in Mississippi, Saskatchewan in late June of this year.
0: We're hoping to learn a bit about Hewer's childhood adventures and how that's influenced him in his adolescent years.
1: I learned about Zev from the CBC News article about his Mississippi trip. Since that article, he has been featured on various news channels and even had a write-up in Canadian Geographic about his 58-day paddle to Saskatchewan's North. I didn't immediately connect the dots about who Zev's parents were until my coworker mentioned that the book I had read a couple of years ago, called Being Caribou, was actually written by Zev's mom and dad. It was then that I realized Zev comes by his adventurous spirit quite honestly. Have a listen as we chat with Zev about his first cross-Canada trip with his parents back when he was only two years old, and the documentary Finding Farley. We also discuss the preparation, mental challenges, and experience of his most recent trip to Miss Nippy. There we go. Hi, Zev.
2: Hey. How's it going? Good. good. How, are you? how are you? Pretty good.
1: Zev found a quiet place and some Wi-Fi to call us from Miss Nippy, so when we talk about being out
2: there... That's the place that we're referring to.
0: So, how long have you been out there right now? I've
2: uh, been up here since since late June, so oh, almost yeah. two months. That's great! Yeah. Wow, yeah. Yeah. it's been awesome.
1: You're like a local now.
2: <laughs> kind of. I think there's only like yeah, there's only like ten people who stay here year round or something like that. That's cool. Is the
1: number yeah. that low. Wow. Yeah, yeah,
2: but it really like tons of people in the summer though big oh big I wonder
1: when i called rick you were right across the room yeah saying, hey you just about <laughs> had the whole town in, <laughs> in
0: 20 yeah. percent <laughs> of the population there
1: yeah
0: <laughs> zev i'm mike i'm a teacher in uh saskatoon here okay cool um and i've been volunteering with sask outdoors for just a little bit here
2: cool um you teach high school like yeah North teach
0: oh. yeah i teach grade nine it's a program called off the grid cool yeah. that's awesome
2: yeah, and and Zev, in... I'm Heather.
1: I was yeah. the one who talked to you on yeah, the show yeah. before, and I I also teach high school, and in the second semester I teach an outdoor school program for grade 11s.
2: Okay, in Regina or Seth... yes, Seth in, Green, or in close
1: to Regina. All
2: right. So Zev, what kind
0: of what kind of experiences did you have with the outdoors growing up as a kid?
2: My parents were pretty keen on having me kind of exposed to the outdoors early on, and and. Um, also making sure that I enjoy them, like not forcing them on me too much. But um, yeah, I think it was important for them. Like I think my dad my dad read some book about the first three years of life and how that's when you're, um, that's when some bits of your brain form about, um, I don't know, some important bits of the brain form. And he wanted those three years, a good chunk of them to be spent outside. And um, when I was two, my uh, my dad just had just written this book called being caribou um about uh, uh him and my mom uh following this caribou herd in the arctic on foot um then he sent that book off to um, Farley Mowat in Cape Breton and he read it and really liked it and I wanted us to come visit him so he invited us and my dad my parents thought we couldn't just fly there <laughs> so we uh we decided to canoe, or I guess my parents decided we'd canoe there. And so, um, yeah, we did. One yeah. one we started in May, similar to when I started this spring and, and, uh, did a bunch of the same route and then cheated a bit to, did a drive, skipped a bunch of the river part up to Reindeer Lake and then, um, to Hudson's Bay through a bunch of river systems and then, um, uh, sailed the last bit. to Cape this, Britain. Yeah. so.
1: Sorry, you said that you cheated by driving but I yeah, yeah. i watched Finding Farley and I know Mike watched Finding Farley and it looked like you and your dad went and you well I guess your mom was there too because she was recording uh, and he basically bartered someone down and said I will pay you this much money for it because I'm trading this that didn't look like cheating to me That still like a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: yeah it was still a bit of work but not as much as paddling, I guess
0: I guess yeah that was that's an unbelievable documentary I think if anybody has not seen that it's it's worth a watch for sure you've probably in your classes Sev growing up I can't imagine being having you in my class and then not showcasing some of that stuff that you've (laughs) gone through so yeah
2: it's cool to watch like now I we we kind of watch it like every year or something it's kind of that's yeah, cool. Uh, it, we, I watched it before I went on this trip earlier this spring too. It's was kind of a cool to remember where you came from. Oh, absolutely. There's yeah. tons of
0: things to take away from a movie or from an experience like that. So to relive it, uh, yeah, you yeah. get to do it every year. So to relive it would be pretty cool.
1: That's neat. I guess yeah, for sure. you might have a lot of a lot of memories that you I guess that you have in your mind just from watching the movie over and over, the documentary over and over. But do you have any more stories from that trip that you remember that kind of didn't make the final cut of finding Farley? Or have you been told any stories?
2: I don't. I honestly don't remember anything. As you were saying, I do, like, think I do. I think right. I remember stuff because i watching the film so many times. But I yeah, know I don't. Like, doing that at such an early age, I, uh, I just almost – I just am a lot more comfortable now being outside as a result. Yeah, being on a canoe trip and stuff, I think – I'm just, I'm just super comfortable and super comfortable in a canoe as well. Just like, well, right. like your dad said, like formative,
0: right? Those yeah,
2: exactly. two, such formative
0: years. And yeah, I, mean, I was talking to Heather earlier before we st- we started the show here and it's just like, how, how is a two year old so calmly standing by running <laughs> water and you know pointing out beavers and
2: or playing with a caribou leg. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, yeah, I just didn't know. Like, yeah, I was just, I think you're so in, in the moment at that age and like, yeah, it just didn't matter what was what was around almost like they're just yeah, you're just so so in it. So I think that was yeah, it was super super important for me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that was a 5 month trip, Hesif. That was Yeah, uh, yeah, 5 months yeah. yeah. That's uh
0: Yeah, one of the images I think of that documentary that really stands out for me is when uh, your dad is showing a uh, the your dad and mom are recording like I think there was the sandflies had been biting or something like that and they were he was showing the bites around your ears and yeah that was just something that i cringe i i have a tough time with bugs but how were the bugs on your own trip when you went from canmore all the way up to up north in saskatchewan northern saskatchewan um
2: for the first probably half or even more of it they were there was none just because it was too cold um like i started in May, so
1: right it was pretty
2: chilly which, like, yeah, I actually, I think I enjoy doing that, like, in the cold, because, because of that, it's, like, a lot more enjoyable. <laughs> um, right. Um, like, even though it is a little chilly, like, it's really, it's really nice not having to worry about that. But, yeah, later on in the trip, um, once it started to heat up, they got to be pretty gnarly, but nothing like on that uh, Finding Charlie trip, no.
1: Before we get too into your Miss Nippy trip, uh, I yeah. was hoping that we could chat a little bit more about, about growing up, and then eventually we'll... Will end with your Miss and Ippy trip. So I guess we have yeah. a big gap to fill here. You're, you, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. you went on your Finding Farley trip when you were two, and now you are 15, 16?
2: I'm 15, yeah.
1: 15, I thought so. I wasn't sure if you celebrated a birthday in the past couple months that I missed. But okay, so you're 15 now. So mm-hmm. it, between those 13 years, uh, what kind of outdoor experiences have you had, or what what have you been your hobbies as a young child and as a, as a teenager?
2: Yeah, like ever since that trip when I was two, we've still been doing stuff like nothing as ext- as long or or kind of extreme as that. But um, yeah, like every summer since then, we've been we've been coming up here actually, which is kind of how I got introduced to this place up in the northern Saskatchewan. But we've been coming up here every summer doing doing trips, doing canoe trips for anywhere from two to three weeks long, usually with, with a bunch of other families and yeah, not just in Northern Saskatchewan, but Manitoba too. And yeah, we did a f- couple things in Ontario, but a lot of the canoe trips that we've been doing have been in the, in the shield, like the Canadian shield. So I feel like, yeah, I, I feel like that's kind of my second home now, this kind of, this landscape, which is pretty, pretty amazing landscape. Yeah. And in the winters, I really love to ski. And so, um, We've been doing tons of backcountry stuff with my parents. We've done a, a honey dome. It's called it's a big yurt, and we uh, we bring cool. this yurt into this area and then set it up, um, and then base out of there for a while. And It's got a wood stove in it and stuff, which is pretty nice. Um, so you can but ski no, in that local area
0: and then come back to the
2: yurt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah, lots of the backcountry skiing has just been day trips around Canmore. But well, a, um, that's a
0: beautiful place to get to do that sort of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: totally. Yeah. Super lucky. Not, like my parents, they kept that, that, uh, kept valuing the meeting out there. Not that it was mm-hmm. all for me, but kept valuing being outside. And, um, yeah, ever since that trip, not, not in such a big, huge trip, like that's just not practical to do that every Yeah. Or anything, but, <laughs> um,
0: but yeah. I, I know you mentioned in an interview how people immersing themselves in nature is such an important thing. Um, and I guess to you, like what makes the immersion experience so different than just being in a park for 45 minutes during a lunch break or something like that? What, what what do you kind of take away from those immersive experiences that is different?
2: Like the for the first three days, it is pretty similar to that, I guess, like other than it's still outside and whatever, but no, after like a while, you uh, you start to kind of fall into a flow, like a flow state, I guess, especially when you're on your own. There's um yeah I don't know everything's pretty simple like compared to the regular life you just gotta you just gotta eat and and sleep and drink and and paddle so it's all it's all pretty easy and like once you or it's not all easy but once you get efficient at those like those things then um you barely have to think about them and and uh, you just start to move really quickly and efficiently and uh, at the same time like on my trip especially the your surroundings are changing and um on my trip the seasons were changing and the the, the geography i guess like mountains to prairies to parkland mm. right boreal.
0: that's wow. a really cool way to put it yeah yeah, yeah. This yeah. transition that's... period of like three days to unplug and
1: yeah, yeah. right exactly and that's there exactly what i was going to say as soon as as soon as you said three days i knew exactly what you were getting at because when we go out for trips with uh with my outdoor school program it always it seems like we're we're almost like fighting with the students and I don't want to I don't mean that in a negative sense but you're almost like okay just give it three days and you'll and you'll enjoy it and you'll be here and then Mm -hmm. after that three days it just it feels like when you're with other people that you're in a community or when you're alone that you are just like almost a part of the
2: landscape that surrounds you right so like you can still like have a good time going out for three days, like if you're into it. But yeah, it's definitely a different, a uh, whole different thing, staying out longer. Yeah.
0: My program, we only we do a three day trip, so I never get to experience oh. that. I'm
1: sorry, Mike. As, oh. as soon as I no, but you, know, that, I'm like, no oh, but you know, no, but you know, as I'm soon sure as no
0: you and Zeb saying it, it was like, yeah, you know what? Like I can always kind of feel like my students are always kind of like, oh, you know, I'm super tired, and I I can't wait to like have a shower. You right. Know, after you know because I think it's always within within reach for them it's like yeah you know I just only got like a day and a half more allowed here and and it, they still enjoy the process and they enjoy the experience but you're right though like I think it just kind of like you know any decent person would shower within three days so it's <laughs> beyond three days and you're, you're in you're committed now
2: yeah like settling into that uh rhythm I guess but also coming out off of the trip there's an even bigger transition like it's really tough mm. coming back like Um, just everything seems super hard (laughs) even though it's just
1: okay so we've talked a little bit Zev about kind of the middle of your trip thanks for not getting into the meat and bones of it just yet (laughs) but now let's let's talk about this huge trip that you took on um, just earlier this year so let's start at the very beginning Uh, a trip of this magnitude obviously isn't for a beginner what kind of planning actually, you know what, I'm going to go even before that. We'll come back to the planning later. Um, what gave you this idea? Why did you think I want to canoe to Missinippi?
2: I just, that, I don't know. I just, I'm always kind of thinking like when I'm in school or when I'm back at home in the winter, I'm always thinking of trip ideas. Like just, like I, I'm just always on, I don't know. I'm always on Google Earth and stuff, just checking out different routes that I could do. When, yeah, when the COVID stuff hit, I kind of, I, I mean, I guess I ha- I've had this idea in my mind, just like, not really as a real possibility, but just kind of as a, yeah, just a dream, I guess, for probably a year or so. And, um, but when the COVID stuff came and my school went online, I actually, I kind of realized, oh, this could be my only chance for until I graduate and, or until I, yeah, who knows when, like, it's my only chance for a while. Well,
0: yeah, I, I say when I first read the article, I the first I heard about you was when I read an article, and I think on CBC, and I was like, whoa, that's you know, that's incredible that, that this young guy did that. And then and then Heather's like, oh yeah, but you have to see this documentary. And so I watched that. I'm like, and it just kind of, I mean, it's still like super impressive you did that. but I'm like, oh, it just puts into perspective this guy's used to doing these kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, he he, started he grew when up he was doing, two. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't take away from how impressive. And I'm like, oh, that fits a lot. More though this this guy is not just a beginner jumping in a canoe and heading on out there like that's uh yeah it's impressive i like how you you brought up a really good point that so much of canada is connected by water um, yeah that you know it's um, it's a natural thing to think about doing but so few people have the guts and like you said the time but especially the the drive to do that trip like that
2: so i really like i promised myself really this year that i'd i'd do something i just really like try and try and live fully i guess and use like use canada to all uh all it has to offer and so yeah that's another kind of reason that uh, i was inspired to do this trip
1: okay so i started a half sentence now i'm going to finish my half sentence from earlier (laughs) so mike and i would love to know and our listeners our eventual listeners would love to know what kind of planning goes into your level of trekking so what did you and, and your parents have to do beforehand before you went on this trip?
2: Well, I, obviously the route thing, finding the route is pretty important, but it's pretty simple actually. Like there's only the one way you can go. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know. It, that wasn't a huge part of it. Like pretty easy. Just, But the the big part of that was seeing how long it took. So I did like a lot of, a lot of measuring the whole journey in like sections and, um, just figuring out if it would be possible to do in in two months or, or less. So that was the biggest part of that, of the, of the map. How, how did your time frame
0: work out? Did you get, like, did you get there right on time or did you, were your, was, was it work pretty lenient with your start
2: date? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was super good. Like I had a couple days off even, and I got there like six days before I thought I would. So. Oh wow. <laughs> That's good. awesome. Yeah. That and like is. the first, when I first, like, uh, kind of saw the whole, the total K of the whole trip, I, like, calculated it, um, and my mom was, like, oh, like, you'll probably just do 15K, or I don't know, she just, she said something pretty low, and then we, uh, so I calculated it, and it was, like, oh, it's, it's, like, 100 days. I'm, like, okay, we can't do that, <laughs> and, then, and uh, then my dad said, oh, no, you can do, like, you can do, like, three times that, and I'm, like, I don't think so, but, uh. <laughs> We, then we calculated it again and it was like okay that's like a month and a bit or two months and a bit and so uh let's try it so yeah that was the first step i guess was seeing how that uh all worked and then and then the second thing i guess was was working out kind of where i would or just there's a lot to think about with food and how i would do that so one of the parts of that is like where I, how i would resupply because i couldn't taking my my food for two months would be a lot too much Mm-hmm. right in just my vote and so yeah we we uh kind of looked at what towns were along the way and where I could send food to food caches to and how I'd pick them up like with with post offices and stuff and um and what ended up happening with that is I just found people in each community like some of the towns like Saskatoon I didn't somebody and so uh I would just um call those people up like whoever it was and then ask if I could send a package to their door and and then ask if they could come to uh give it to me at the river when I came back so Oh my me. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah that worked out pretty good but yeah then the food the actual food itself I had to yeah kind of think about how I wanted to do it and what meals I wanted and I kind of I think I decided on like four dinners and it was like a I think I had a a chili a buttered chicken, a pizza, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, uh, it some sauce. And so like for the three, for the pasta sauce, the chicken and or the buttered chicken and the chili, I just made like these huge pots of it and then, uh, dehydrated it all and then put it into little portion bags for like e- each bag was like a meal. So yeah, that worked pretty well. Yeah. For breakfast, I did like a, an oatmeal and eggs and bacon and, uh, um what else pancakes <laughs> you <laughs> ate pretty well <laughs> yeah and then I a baked oatmeal. meal oatmeal. meal so yeah like it was just a lot of ziplocs like
0: <laughs> yeah a lot of dehydrated food <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> and so uh, yeah i don't know it was just a lot of time like the actual thinking about it was not too hard but it was a lot of just kind of measuring out stuff and dehydrating it and switching out the dehydrator and all that. So, yeah. That alone takes long. Was it
0: nice to see the people delivering your food? Not only because they're curing your food, but <laughs> was that a nice kind of a, like a break from being alone? Or
2: Yeah. I mean, like, actually, I kind of, I wanted to, at the time we weren't really sure what COVID would be doing. So, and it was a little like, yeah, I hope we were a little bit worried about what people, people would think about, about the trip and mm. doing it kind of like, we weren't sure if hospitals would be like super full or something like that. And then if I got hurt out there, it'd be like, um, oh, what are you doing? You know, you should be just staying home. Right. Um, so we were a little worried about that. And so, and also just transmitting it because I guess we're in Calgary and at the time that was kind of a hot hotspot. Oh, okay. But, right. Um, I kind of, I was, the people I called, I was like, can you pr- please just bring it to the river? And then like, I won't pose any risk to you guys, but, but they just brought it down to the river. But yeah, to answer your question, it'd be nice seeing those people for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And your dad started the trip with you, is that right?
2: Yeah, he started. Yeah, so my dad started with me in in Canmore on the bow, and he came with me for three days to Calgary. It's like a three day paddle to Calgary.
1: Okay. Um,
2: because that that section in there is probably the hardest whitewater of the whole trip. Coming mm-hmm. out of the mountains, there's a few um, pretty technical rapids, so he wanted to be there for those and. Um, also, a few friends came along for that section just to see me off, which was pretty nice and um yeah, so yeah, my dad was there for the first bit
0: yeah, well, uh, the shots, even from some of the news stories I've seen of you some of the pictures taken are really great, and I think your dad was responsible for taking quite a few of them, mm-hmm. but um, that must have been pretty nice to to have I think there was a flotilla that came and met you on the way to your work at the end of yeah your- at
2: the very end, yeah, That's yeah nice. that was pretty awesome, yeah, and yeah, like on the first from Calgary or from canmore to Calgary um there was those those few rapids that were pretty tricky but also um what was kind of tough was one of the reservoirs was still frozen so uh <laughs> we kind of had a choice like at that point uh, we were still pretty close to Canmore, so I could be we like okay we could just call like my mom and get a ride around the to the other side of the dam and then we just continue but then we uh, we started pulling the canoes along the edge of the ice just to fi- to get to a camp spot for the night. We we're like, "Oh, this is actually pretty easy." <laughs> so uh, we just did that for the for the next day and, and made it across. It wasn't too too far, but a wow. lot of pulling.
0: Yeah, the price pay for no bugs. It's good.
1: So you and your parents went obviously on the Finding Farley trip when you were younger, and that was with uh, or that was done as a family union unit pardon me uh what was it like canoeing with just you and your dog blaze this time around once your dad uh wished you well after the three days
2: yeah i was i left pretty late that night like it was eight when we got around to i had to um do a bunch of switching over gear and stuff because i was switching to a new boat and all that so i was pretty late when i actually got going and um yeah that first i guess that first night was a little just scary um being on your own i don't know it just was just super different like I never uh had never done that before I'd been out a lot but not not alone ever Mm
1: -hmm. and it just
2: it adds a whole like another I don't know whole another like mental game so um yeah there's just uh everything feels a little bit tentative and like um you're worried about something going wrong all the time and yeah yeah, it feels it just feels like those first few days alone like it just felt like something was out to get me and I was just gonna I was gonna. I don't know. Yeah. No. I get you. Get messed up. But, that's uh, quite a toll. Yeah, it uh, got better.
0: That's quite right. a toll on the on the mind on a trip that's already as hard as that to. It is. Yeah. To constantly be thinking like if I make a mistake here or whatever, if I tip or whatever.
2: And, yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta let that go at that point, which I kind of did. But yeah, like uh, to get back to your question, uh, I guess the with Blaze there, it was de- he definitely helped. Like, yeah, I can, I definitely could not have done it without him. He's just, I don't know, a nice kind of presence always behind me and, and in the tent and stuff, he was pretty, just a little bit, uh, sense of security, I guess. Pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm sure it gave your parents a peace of mind as well. Like I know that they, they know that you are capable and mature enough to be out there, but, but just knowing that they, that you had blaze with you and, and that got me thinking, (laughs) Zeb. you were, you were canoeing. So what did the trip come out to be? 60 days?
2: Yeah, it was like 58 at the end. Okay.
1: 58 days. And have you ever watched the show alone?
2: Uh I've heard about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about.
1: <laughs> so people go out and they survive alone and
2: yeah.
1: um and you can and they win at like 500 grand to 1 million dollars. And do you know how long the first the first season winner was out alone? No idea. 56 days. Oh yeah. <laughs> so think about that hey this yeah
2: but they yeah. have to don't they have to like hunt and stuff though they do have to
1: hunt yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i think you could you, hunt <laughs> so you could have done it if you had to them
2: but half i think a grand, it's just or half, a, half a half a how much half a million
1: yeah half a million yep. i'm pretty sure i, I googled lot. the 56 days crazy. so i could google the five hundred thousand as well um yeah
2: i don't know it's different though like i don't think yeah i don't think that my trip yeah, that doesn't really compare. I, I guess it does, but it's, like, for me, I don't know. It's just, like, honestly, I think anybody could have done that. Like, the rivers and the the actual technical, like, challenges are not that hard. Like, you know, the South Saskatchewan, I guess, or, um, like, through, I don't know, through Saskatoon, like, um, pretty flat, pretty, like, nice flow. It was like that a lot of the time. So, hmm. I don't know. It's just not, yeah, it wasn't, like, I, maybe, yeah, I, I just don't think it was that, like, huge of a deal or that hard.
0: Don't downplay oh. this, Zeb. Yeah, I've
2: paddled. No, you can't.
0: <laughs> I've paddled from the Berry Barn, which is maybe like a three-hour paddle out of Saskatoon, and I'm dying by the time <laughs> I get back. And that is that is not an aggressive paddle. So Yeah, no.
1: <laughs> okay, Zab, yeah. I've been around Missinippi. I know that there's some rapids around there, and yeah, yeah. and there's a
2: lot. There's mm-hmm. a lot to deal with. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There is. Yeah, that last. Yeah.
0: What were some of the, what would you say were some of the biggest challenges that you were, you faced out there? i You talked about like being alone and, and uh, just kind of getting past that, that un, unsureness or unbalance while you're first kind of getting used to being by yourself with your dog blades. But what was one of the, what was something that came up that you kind of weren't expecting if there was something like that?
2: Well, I definitely, I don't think I was really expecting that. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought, yeah, I was, when I was with my, my dad and, and uh, like on our way out, I was like, oh yeah, this is going to be awesome. Like, pretty excited to get get to be on my own like it's gonna be yeah all is gonna be good but uh so I wasn't really expecting that yeah I don't know I I really think that was the biggest challenge like for sure and I think like what helped me get over that was probably um like it was weird but the where I started being on my own like it was pretty uh forested and um um like all kind of kind of brown everything was still brown like it was pretty early Mm. in the season and um just like not a great feel um yeah cool was, like, not yes, yeah, yeah not that nice so like but once I got out of that and into the prairies like where it really opened up that like really helped me a lot I'm not sure why but it was just nice to be out and like where you can see everything and everything's a lot brighter and um that kind of helped me get over that a bit another thing about being on your own is like every everything that does go wrong is quite a bit bigger in your mind when you're with somebody else I guess <laughs> you end up like maybe you say you, you blame yourself but like in, really in your head you kind of have blaming the other person and so it, it's not that huge of a toll on you I guess but like when that's I a great point but when I when you're on your own like if you mess up it's like I guess I could blame it on blaze but I'm pretty hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah like but no so like what the one time I uh I was um like my boat that I had had a little sail on it or it was actually a pretty big sail that I could just pop up whenever I wanted it and um it was really windy one day and I had it up and I wasn't really watching where I was going and I'd probably going like twenty k an hour, yeah. um, something like that, like super, super fast. Wow! And uh, there's this, yeah, there's this rock that came out of nowhere. Like I wasn't really watching under the sail, and um, I had a rudder on my boat, and so I just like at the last second slammed one of the one of the pedals and just deflected off the nose, like barely. If it if I hit it head on, like I just it, the thing would have shattered, a bit, but uh, kind of deflected off the boat, and yeah, the boat the boat had a pretty big like. Chip out of the front, and it wasn't my boat, like I actually oh. borrowed that boat from a friend, so yeah, that like even mind? though yeah. I don't know, maybe that is a big deal now that I say it out loud, but <laughs> that's a big deal yeah but like but at the time, it seemed really, really big, like it was like, oh no, like, I just really felt bad for the next like three days, right. so like things like that
1: that would that would be hard to kind of separate the days in your mind as well like you said that you felt bad for three days but I mean I have trouble remembering what I did two months ago yeah, yeah, never mind if every day was paddling right paddling yeah, yeah, and yeah. setting up yeah. camp and yeah
2: just little things in camp like like the one time I like I, I did bring a stove I was, it was a mix of cooking on the stove and a fire but uh one time my stove uh I like started it and then um I guess some of the gas got out and then it kind of crawled up to the where the pipe where the hose meets the the can of gas so I it's oh. actually it, it actually doesn't matter like that's totally safe but at the time I was pretty worried about it and like just dumb little things like that just really are a lot bigger Fair enough like, a lot bigger makes too. you think yeah and if you yeah, have, yeah you know if you haven't
0: learned that or known that before. yeah exactly yeah so absolutely did you get like I, I know it was pretty wet June and in around Saskatoon was it wet for you on the trail or was it pretty good weather for the most part
2: uh super good actually like yeah it's chilly like I said but I think part like a lot of the rain or thunderstorms I guess are thunderstorms are like generated by heat right Some something right yeah. yeah so I think like the cold cool. played apart um in in nice weather so it wasn't bad like I only had a few like tiny little bits of rain and then um the second half of my trip it got a bit more but yeah, first half was awesome.
0: Applying some of your science teachers' teachings there. Well done, Deb. Yeah. Uh,
2: I was
1: just about to say, I left out Zeb politely. Like, school <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so, yeah, I know, I think you had said, like, at the beginning, covid Covid gave you this opportunity, and um, I think it closed a lot of doors for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but for you, it seemed to really help open up the possibility of doing a trip like this. But uh, would yeah. you say that every school year should end as early as it did? Would that be would
2: that be <laughs> for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put my vote in for that for sure. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I hope like I hope Covid is is winding up. But uh, say you did have an opportunity to 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 go on another trek, what's what's another place you'd want to go?
2: uh definitely like i got a lot of like little trips not little but a few bigger ones but lots of stuff in my head for up here like northern saskatchewan is insane like it's endless if you look at a map like it's nuts there's so much you can do and so and like a lot of it really is not untouched like i don't think there's much that's untouched or unseen but um just very untraveled which is pretty rare these days and i really like that about it up here so I've, I've got tons of trips kind of in my head for up here um, i
0: like how you're saying that i find i talked to so many and myself even when i was growing up i talked to so many young people though and they're like saskatchewan's boring or alberta's boring mm-hmm. and the prairies and go somewhere go to bc but yeah like you said there's just so many hidden there's so many hidden gems in saskatchewan and and alberta but it, it, you know there's just so many roads like you said that i just aren't, tra- aren't traveled enough or aren't yeah. seen maybe adds to the fact like how beautiful they are and how nice it is to escape to them. But yeah, for sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, people yeah. gotta open their eyes a bit.
2: Yeah they do for sure. Like yeah so yeah it's insane up here. It's nuts I really yeah it's insane. <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
1: I love it. All right zev we have so enjoyed the past the past half hour 40 minutes of talking to you. Oh it's been more than that 45 minutes of talking to you. And we are going to ask you a question now. Um, that we hope to ask all of our guests yeah so the question is if you could change one thing in the world what would it be
2: i i don't know i'm only 15 like i don't have i don't know aggressive opinions about stuff really but i think uh i think um i could, if 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 i could change one thing it'd be like to have people value value the outdoors a lot more like i think right now they're valued for the most part as like a, a resource like for industry i don't know in the way the economy set up they do have to make money somehow and i think or the only way for um them to make money i think is through like to tour- ecotourism and 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 people getting out there so allows people to um i don't know i think that way if you get people coming up here i think it's it's really good because yeah they they start to love it and uh so they they want they want it to be protected and um, I think I change for one thing I think it'd be it'd be for people to get out get out more and and um, yeah value value nature quite a bit more I think it'll be good love it
1: yeah that sounds awesome you have an aggressive
0: opinion yeah you should have an aggressive opinion on that that's good
1: yeah. well we know that you are leaving on your final canoe trip of the or guiding canoe trip am I right when I say that Sam
2: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your final canoe trip that you're guiding of the summer begins tomorrow. So thank you so much for meeting with us tonight and uh and yeah, chatting with Mike and I and and being part of our season one of Let's Talk. I yeah, really tour. appreciate
0: it. Uh, good luck in your venture tomorrow and uh good luck uh going back to school. I think that'll be a pretty different transition
2: for you probably. Yeah, it will, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having mm-hmm. me. That was fun. Yeah. Hey, well, cool. Thank good thank talking you. to you. Yeah, great
1: meeting you, them
2: Yeah, you guys too. See ya.
1: Bye. Yeah. What a great guy.
0: Yeah. Seems really
1: great. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Wish I got to teach him.
1: I know. I was thinking yeah. the same thing. Like, well, I might have one extra desk in my classroom <laughs> in fall. But, um, but it was interesting to hear about how he struggled that first night mm-hmm. alone. Yeah. I thought, like, I've never spent a night alone out, outside. Yeah.
0: That's so i can imagine and I, you know i think part of it's just like i think that's good he said like you said it's good he said that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. so many people are like a different kind of person that's how we that's how we dealt that he like he he's probably fine being alone but i think right. it's human to be weary when you're that alone out there
1: so. yes exactly thanks so much for listening to our interview with Zev hewer this was heather and mike signing off from let's talk outdoors
0: This podcast is produced in association with Sask Outdoors. Check us out online at saskoutdoors.org.